Welcome to the Your Own Food Coach podcast. My name is Pamela Kelly. I'm a registered dietitian and nutritionist in practice for over 25 years. We have created this podcast to have a conversation together and explore the world of food, nutrition, health, and body image. You've come to the right place. This is episode nine, Dinner Out, Dinner In. In today's episode, I hope you find it to be fun as we explore the dining out experience and what many options are available to us today. We could pull up to a window, we could order takeout, we could use a delivery service. Just think about it. a few years ago, it was just pizza. Now you can order anything and have it delivered. Today, though, I want to focus on dining out. It could be used in other forms of inquiring food, like I just mentioned, but it's the dining out that I want to talk about today. There's so many reasons why we eat out as a culture. First, we all lead such very busy, busy lives, and we know that cooking dinner at home is hard, and it's not always an option for many of us today. My clients give me lots of reasons why they eat out four or five times a week. Some have told me that the family is off in so many directions with sports or other events, it's impossible to have a meal prepared at home, that they can all meet at a restaurant a lot easier. And at the end of the day, some people say that they're so tired, the decision about where to eat and what to eat is so hard, they'd rather just say, where should we go? Many people travel in their careers, and so eating on the road is always a necessity. And others dine out because they're single and they just don't like to cook for one. Other clients have told me they don't like to cook and they don't like to grocery shop. Some say that they're just too exhausted to even think about what they need, and they just want to go sit down and have somebody feed them. Like we've talked about in previous episodes, I very much believe in mindful and intuitive eating. Do you think you could be intuitive and mindful and still sit in a crowded restaurant with the kids or a business partner or a friend and still be in the moment with food? Yes, you can. And we're going to talk more about this in a minute. But first, let's talk about the different types of restaurants out there and how decide what is the best choice for you on a given night. Here's some great questions I want you to ask yourself. First, what are some of the problems you encounter when you eat out? Do you eat too much? Are you unsatisfied when you finish your meal? Are you too full? Do you spend more money than you planned? Was the restaurant stressful? Were you disappointed in the food? Do you find yourself falling off your healthy eating plan every time you go out? Do you choose your base, your meal based on who's with you, sort of the when in Rome scenario? Does food sourcing or preparation of food play into your decisions? And of course, cost. So I just asked you a lot of questions. I want to look at adult dining out because eating with the children and issues with the kiddos when dining out is an episode in its own right. And trust me, we're going to have a podcast on that one too. So thinking about adults dining out, I want you to realize that with all things in our culture today, um, I'm posing some very important questions because the food supply is different. 
than it was a generation ago. Sourcing is different. There's lots of things about eating that's different than it was a generation ago. And if you're listening to this, I'm sure and you're already nodding your head, you know that's true. So I'm going to make a few assumptions about dining out based on the feedback I got from my clients that I've been asking questions about this the last few weeks. We're going to discuss those who dine out frequently because of busy schedules and time constraints. We're going to talk about the evening meal and the end of the day because that's when most of my clients say they eat out. Our assumptions will include that dining out is become a necessity and a habit. We're also going to assume that the location is important. So the selection of a restaurant will be chosen by how close it is to the, to the house or your home for time constraints. This assumption also leads to discuss chain restaurants and the type of establishment that some people call sit-down fast food. Some of the food suppliers for chain restaurants might be the same suppliers we find in fast food chains, the drive-up kind. This implies that the food prepared is ahead of time, it's mass-produced, most likely somewhat convenient in nature, and more likely than not, processed, which to me, processed means usually stripped of nutrients, not the highest quality, and usually with added ingredients like extra salt, etc. The purpose of this episode is not in any way to bash restaurants, but I do think we could agree there's some similarities in the menu option in most of the American-style family restaurants. And of course, we know that food cost and value are a major part of the food dilemmas faced by all of us today. So I asked my clients if they chose what they ate based on the calorie levels that they saw on the menus or if they ordered off the light menu and the response was overwhelmingly no. The only folks that are really concerned with the calories that are posted on those menus are those who are strictly dieting, they'd off, they would order the low calorie food anyway, or those that have disordered eating that are petrified when they see those calories. Refer back to my gut talk. Okay, so let's look at a menu. Just picture this in your mind. Appetizers are usually the finger foods, and they're at the top of the menu, like fried cheese or poppers or chicken tenders, mushrooms, nachos, wings, etc. And if you're really hungry or you sit down stressed or frazzled, like my clients tell me, they just want to make a quick meal. It's super easy to get pulled into this list of appetizers. Many of these items are really high in calories, saturated fat and sodium, and choosing the best option might not exactly be in the forefront of your mind if you're super hungry. Remember, I think I said this before, Mark Twain said, a hungry stomach is a poor political advisor. So if you're looking at these menus and you see all these delectable ones with creative, beautiful photography on the front of that menu, they're going to be irresistible, and they usually are. Next are the soups and the salads. And again, very enticing with the cheese and the protein that you could add to it, like fried chicken, bacon, or other toppings, including croutons and breads. And the dressing zone equally exciting. And they could be a hidden gem of calories and more saturated fats. The soups that are offered are usually made with creams and could be heavily laden with sodium as well. You might have noticed I've mentioned sodium a lot here because it's a subject that's discussed quite a bit, 
but the source of sodium is usually hidden inside food. And so my clients that eat out a lot are consuming more sodium than they actually realize they might be taking. On to the main entrees, and these are usually similar from one restaurant to another. You're going to get your grilled chicken, fried or grilled, fish, fried or grilled, hamburgers, steak, sometimes a Mexican flair with nachos or burritos, and usually some sort of a pasta dish with a cream or a red sauce. This might in, in tell you that the food portions are going to be large, and in most moderate, modestly priced restaurants, they are large. And it's kind of interesting that the lower cost food, you actually get a bigger portion. I'll tell you what the implication is here is that they're probably using lower quality ingredients. And it's something to consider if you eat out often. Conversely, the higher the cost of a meal dining out in a nicer restaurant, usually the portions are smaller. That might be secondary to the fact that Quality of ingredients and food sourcing in general is true the more you pay. It's very unlikely you're going to find organic, seasonal, local, or farm-raised foods in the commercial dining out experience. So this might be something that you're going to have to consider to eat out less often and choose a dining experience that provides a better quality product for you. I want you to think about what matters most. Some of my clients have told me that they actually had an epiphany of feeling more satisfied with the food and the dining out experience when they ate out less often and supported practices that were more in line with their beliefs and concerns. Back to the menu. The side items typically offered are some sort of a starch like potatoes or rice and a vegetable like green beans, sometimes asparagus with an upcharge or a small house salad, iceberg lettuce usually. Butter and oil is usually added to those vegetables, so you might want to ask them. Sometimes if you don't make the request known and you order a potato, it could be served with an ice cream scoop size of butter and sour cream or that same amount of butter and brown sugar on a sweet potato, you better ask. More restaurants are asking customers before they serve bread on the table. And I want you to stop and think for a minute. How hungry are you? What are you in the mood for? What other starches might you be eating at this meal? And will that bread fill you up to the point you don't enjoy your meal? Unless you've made a habit of asking for a go box for leftovers, it's very easy to keep eating despite the fullness you most likely will be feeling. And we've already established the fact that you're tired and worn out. So sometimes automatic eating just happens. It's a good idea, if you can, to ask questions about how the food is prepared in season. In the kitchen of most of the restaurants I've just described, the chef often uses Crisco or butter-flavored vegetable oils to season the foods. Seasonings usually mean added salt as well. If this is a concern for you, and if you find yourself eating out frequently, you've got every right to ask how that food is pre prepared and served and ask if the seasoning or added fat is served could be served on the side. It's also a real good time for you to think about splitting a meal with a dinner companion or maybe getting a soup and a salad instead of getting that full meal in the first place. My clients have also told me they've had great success 
for asking for extra vegetables and foregoing the main entree altogether. These suggestions are really for those who find themselves eating out all the time. If you eat out every once in a while, order what you want. Your body can handle it. But we're talking about those who eat out four or five times a week. Whatever health-related decision you have made for your own nutrition needs and your biology needs have to be respected when you eat out. It's not a special occasion if you eat out three or four times a week. You've got to think about these things when you order out in a restaurant. So here's some interesting fact. Have you walked in and noticed that there's loud music with a real fast beat? The restaurant wants you to get in, sit down, eat fast so they can clear that table and give it to the next waiting guest. Slow, leisurely meals help increase your mindfulness to stay in tune with the flavors, tastes, textures, as well as those hunger and fullness cues. It's hard to pull it off if a waitress has set the bill down right after your meal's been served to you. Notice that music in the background. Is it loud and fast? It's making you eat faster. Trust me. Take your time anyway. You paid for your meal. It's important. Savor it anyway. Look around. Take your time. If you do feel rushed or pushed, make a note of it and don't support that establishment anymore. With regard to beverages, be real careful about sodas. Many eateries will fill those glasses up over and over, thinking it might help their tip and make the establishment look generous but it could cost you hundreds of extra calories laden with teaspoons of sugar. If you have a glass of wine or a cocktail, that's fine, but the same rules apply. If you eat out all the time, be careful about ordering drinks every time you dine out. Habits build quickly, and alcohol in particular affects the frontal lobe, and that's where your reasoning center is. So just see it. You're stressed, you're tired, you're hungry, you get a cocktail— you're going to be more likely to eat the bread or finish that meal unless you've planned ahead to take it for tomorrow's lunch if you're not clear-headed. Splitting meals and being creative with your ordering, specifying what your particular needs are with regard to sauces, sides, and seasoning can make any restaurant experience a good one if you are in charge. If you had food sensitivities, it's a real good idea Call ahead and make those special requests known or look online at their menu to see if they can accommodate a food sensitivity or allergy. Many do, but a few smaller restaurants just do not have the flexibility to create a special or modified meal. As I mentioned before, make a note of it and don't support an establishment that doesn't support you. I got to talk about leftovers for just a minute because the wonderful thing about dining out and the fact that we know the portions are large is that they can make a great lunch for the next day or embellished for a meal at home. Embellishing a meal means taking over a, a leftover piece of chicken or pasta and adding more vegetables or spinach or cut up tomatoes to it the next day and putting it in a salad or putting it in a soup how you can take one meal and make it to another is a really great trick. And you can learn how to do that. We're going to talk about more in embellishing meals in another day. But just remember that you could take any meal and make it healthier once you take it home and add your own little special touches to things for that next meal. 
This concludes our episode today. Thank you so much for joining us for the Your Own Food Coach podcast. We're all in search of answers, but as I showed you today, it's the questions you might need to be considering, or maybe you're just not asking the right questions. If this podcast brought up questions for you, I encourage you to talk to friends or family, a therapist, or talk to me. I offer virtual coaching sessions online and work alongside people all over the world. Please share this podcast and subscribe. We welcome your comments. And a special thank you to my producer, Brian Strickland, and my brand manager, Malia Smith. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. The information presented on this podcast is for the enjoyment of all listeners. It is not intended as either medical or medical nutrition advice or counseling, nor is it specific to any particular individual. It is not intended to replace counseling, medical nutrition therapy, or treatment. Contact a healthcare professional if you are experiencing problems that seem health-related. Please contact 911 if you are having an emergency.